Welcome to the Carrot Gal Sister Chats podcast, where we chat all about gardening and self-sufficiency. We are Jackie and Laura, two sisters who live in Utah and Idaho, and who love to talk about self-sufficiency skills. We're glad you're here. Come learn along with us. Hey, Laura. How are you doing today? Hey, Jackie. How are you? I'm super good. Super good. Um, yeah, I would... I am wondering how you feel about talking about a specific thing. We haven't really talked about this much, you and I, and I don't know that you and I have a ton of experience with this, but recently I was um, learning a lot about turning grapes into something like usable for down the road, like harvesting them, preserving them, um, like, you know, grape juice, raisins, things like that. So love to talk about grapes today. It's kind of a random off subject, at least for us, because we didn't really grow up growing grapes, but I think it'd be fun to dive into that. that Okay. Sounds good to me. Okay. All right. So um, I think just explaining a little bit more of like my thinking behind why I want to talk about grapes today is um, I'm actually, I was actually just recently doing, I didn't tell you this as we were kind of planning this stuff out for today, but um, I was doing a, a meditation course actually just recently. There's a, a free meditation course that teaches you about mindfulness and things. And one of the meditations that they ask you to do is, is actually, they call it a raisin meditation. And, um, and, and in a nutshell, they just have you take out two raisins and they kind of help you understand the mindfulness process, which is basically like utilizing all of your senses, like your sight, your smells, your sounds, like touching things, your taste, like all of those things in a, just a really slow, methodical mindfulness way, mindful way. Um, and so they have you do this with, with one of the raisins, like you're just exploring it, you're looking at it, you're listening to it. Like it's just a really interesting experience to do with a raisin. And then eventually you kind of put it in your mouth and taste it and like, whatever you're just experiencing it through the senses. And then the second raisin that they had to do is, is actually more of like, what's your relationship to this reason? And they take you through a lot of different ideas around like this raisin came from a field and there were probably people that picked this raisin and, um, and then it got dried on probably some cardboard boxes right next to where it got picked. And then it got transported to you on a truck and all the, the gas that had to get it, get it to you and all this stuff. Right. They were walking through this whole process from like field to my table with this grape during the second raisin process. And it was so fascinating for me because I'm like, I literally picked these raisins. I transported them to my house. I turned them into raisins from the grapes. And I've never done that before. And it was a really cool experience for me to be like, like to slow that down and to like feel the joy more fully of like, I did all, I didn't actually grow the grapes. You know, I went to my brother's house and borrowed his grapes, (laughs) didn't borrow them. He was like, yeah, come take our grapes. Um, but like I did the rest of the work. Right. And I had to learn all these cool things. And, um, that was a fun, fun process with turning some grapes into raisins. And every time I eat those raisins, I'm like, Hey, first of all, they're freaking delicious. (laughs) Like basically what a grape it, I mean, what a raisin is, is like all of the concentrated sugars from that grape. (laughs) I mean, we all know what a raisin is, right. But it's like eating the grape before it was turned into a raisin. And then after eating it as, as a raisin, I'm like, wow, that is so sugary, right? Oh, okay. Anyway, so I think it would just be fun to chat about grapes and cool. 
figure out what we can do with them and just to explore that a little bit today. Yeah, that's fun that you had that meditation experience because it was, um, it really is like when you grow something yourself, like you take a lot of those processes out of the, yes. of the steps. Like it doesn't need to be shipped. It doesn't need to be, it's um, like they call it like farm to table concepts or like shortening your, um, your supply chain. I don't know, like, you know, there's other names for it too. Like, but anytime that you can have a, a smaller footprint yes. of your food is a good thing, right? Yes. Grow closer to home. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, I don't think I was conscious of that, but I think that was part of the joy that I was feeling during that meditation it was like, mm-hmm. I shortened that whole entire cycle. I didn't mean to, but that's what I did. And it feels really good. Mm-hmm. It feels really good. Cause it's like, I know exactly where these grapes came from (laughs) and how they got here and why they're here on my table. And I mean, we could do that with any other food that we're growing. Right. And, um, and that's why I keep encouraging people. I'm like, you know what, if you like herbs, grow your herbs because that shortens that, that footprint cycle or that creates more of a farm to table feel. It's like, like when we can shorten that gap in between where the food's grown and when it gets to our table, that's, that's one of the principles of self-sufficiency. Right. A couple of years ago, there was a lot of talk about carbon footprint and how much carbon it takes to get food to our table. Meaning if you grow something and ship it in from Ecuador or Brazil, you're using a lot of of resources to get it to your, to your table. Right. So a lot of people talked about carbon footprint and um, you would find in your store, I don't see it as much anymore, but locally grown, on the produce and things like that so that's really cool yes I love that stuff so not putting I mean I'm putting a a plug in for that like when you see that kind of food and around like purchase that like purchase it from your farmer's market from your get produce from your neighbors and yada yada that just really helps all of it helps it's all about Mm -hmm. intentionality so yeah and um exactly do it when you can but also don't feel guilty when you can't so I, I mean just just be conscious of it and do it when you can and buy locally when you can and shorten that carbon footprint whenever possible, but it's an ideal and anything with an ideal is going to be, but sometimes you can't, you know, sometimes you have to buy the mango from far away. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So So grapes, I don't have a ton of experience with, I'm kind of like with you. Um, I'm planning to plant some this coming year. So I'm hoping to expand like my, my fruit production this year. So we're going to plant, we did plant some fruit trees when we first moved into this house, but a lot of them have died. So we're going to restart that. And I would do want to start some grape plants and things like that. So we're going to work on that. I, um, pretty much the experience I have with grapes. Um, I have a neighbor that has some really big grapevines and there's nothing that says abundance quite like grapes or a fruit tree. I agree with that. I fully agree with that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So fruiting, whenever you have fruit on, like it's, it's all or nothing and it's a short window and things like that. So, yeah. So my neighbor had um, grapevines and she's like, come pick some grapes. And so, 
I went over there and cut a bunch of grapes off and brought them home and made made some things with them. Cool. So um, maybe I'll just share what I did and um, what worked and what didn't. So I like to experiment and try different things and just see what we like. Right. Um, I'd heard of somebody that had taken the grapes themselves and just filled up a canning jar a third or a half of the way full and then put the rest with water and then canned them, like did a water bath can. Really? And I was like, well, that sounds so much easier. So I'm going to try it and see if it works. The, the consensus is it did not work. So <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. And what you're supposed to do with it when you're done or when you're ready to drink it is to um, like strain it off and then like squish all of those grapes and all the juice is supposed to come out at that point. Oh, I get it. I don't think I understood you were, you're saying like to make grape juice, that's what they were. Yes. Like you put the grapes in the jar and then with water and you then you water bath it. And then when you're ready to drink it, you squish all the grapes. Right. I got that. I don't think I, okay. You would strain them and like squeeze all the juice out and things like that. Okay. So it, it could work if you filled the jar all the way up. But when I did a quarter, a third or a half of the jar, it just wasn't flavorful enough. It was pretty watery. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. So you could probably do it if you did the entire jar. It okay. might work that way. So if you're looking for a really simple way to can grape juice, that might be something to try is do a full jar and see if it works. I don't know. Good to know. Good to know. If you try that, let us know how it goes for you. Right. But it didn't work with half a jar. So <laughs> okay. what did work is my neighbor also had um, a juicing machine. Yeah. And that worked really well. So it's basically a big, big pot. You put all your grapes in there and you boil them. Okay. And then they're going to burst open and all the juice is going to come out. And then there's like this tube. Oh, okay. And you, you um, have it like folded over most of the time. And then you unfold it and all the juice comes out. And then okay. you just put that into the jar. You're going to need two people. Okay someone to hold the jar because you have to have it lower than the pot and you basically put it in there and it's like boiling hot juice at this point so you have to be careful to not like burn yourself or like let go of the tube and spill it all over the floor and anyway so it's kind of a little bit of a situation to do but that did work really well well we did concord grapes and um we filled our jars with the juice that had been already cooked down and that worked really, really well. Then once the jars were full, then you just put a, put a lid on, like wipe the tops, put the lid on, and then you water bath that. Okay. Do a water bath canning process on that. Okay. And that did work really well. And it's, it's like, it's so good. So good. Like, like liquid from the gods. Right. So. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had like juice, like grape Fresh. juice. Like that. I've just had grape juice from the store. Yeah. Um, you no, know, it's not the same, but, um, if you, cause like you were talking about the first thing that didn't work out so well to try and make grape juice, um, which was a watered down version with the straight concentrated grape juice. Like when you open it to drink it, like, do you water it down or is it like, do you just drink it straight? Um, or you can drink it straight. Like my kids like it straight. 
Um, my husband usually waters it down because it's a little too sugary for him. Okay. okay. Um, you'll also get something on the bottom of the jars that, that people call dregs. Okay. Which is like the settling, like whatever stuff yeah, is whatever. still in there that settles yeah. down. So you don't, you're going to want to avoid the bottom half inch because it's okay. kind of gross. But gotcha. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Other than that, it's delicious, like super flavorful. It's going to taste quite different than you get at the store. It has a lot more um, um, different, like, like nutrient profiles. I don't know. Like it's just deeper, richer, fuller, like, like most homegrown foods are. Right. Sure. I think that's what I noticed with my raisins when I made them too. That's probably why they taste so good to me. Cause I'm like, Holy cow. What the, these are good. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. Oh, good. Cool. Do you have anything and that's else? a good reason to grow food yourself because it tastes better. Tastes so good. The cool thing with grapes is, I mean, obviously depending on the grapevine and usually grapes are vining plants. So they usually grow on fences and things like that. So if you know somebody with grapevines, here's the beautiful thing. Most of the time they're like Laura said, there is way more than they probably know what to do with, <laughs> like with all fruiting things. And there, most people are like, please take the grapes. Cause there's so much, I don't know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you know somebody with grapes or if, even if you don't know somebody with grapes, get to know somebody with grapes. And the beautiful thing is you will have grapes in your house and they're, anyway, they're just great. Yeah. And really, did you know that grapes are something that people used to store in like a cold storage room, like a, a root oh. cellar? I did not like oh. just straight, just fresh. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. I don't know how long they store, probably not like six Correct. months, but right. they store for a long time. So they're really a good storage food for a period of time. If you think about it, grapes at the store, like they sit in your fridge for a long time and they, yeah. Yeah. they last for a while. So as long as you don't squish them. Right. I just got a new batch of grapes cool. from a family member like a, a week ago. And they may have gotten a little squished in transport. And so the squished grapes were not so happy when I was taking care of them this week. But right. the rest of the grapes were great. Yeah. Cool. That's really cool to know. I had no idea. Yeah. See, yeah. So they'll last for a couple months in, in a cold wow. environment. So put them in your garage if you're not ready to process them yet. So. Wow. That's so cool. One cool little random thing is I was harvesting grapes um, for the first time really like probably about a month and a half ago. Um, I thought that I had to have scissors, but, and I don't know if this just depends on the type of grape, but as we were pulling off the bun the bunches of grapes, like it was so easy just to use our hands. We just kind of pulled it upwards and backwards off of the grapevine. Hmm. And then we just put them in a little container to transport them right. home. Um, so Laura obviously said that she used scissors, but just to, it was really simple just to pop them off and they popped off really easy. So that's a good point. A lot of plants can do that. Like if you pull them in, in a certain direction, it'll rip the plant rather than, yeah. I would guess most grapes are going to work better with scissors, cutting mm -hmm. them or like a clipper kind of thing, but that's cool that you could. Yeah. Off like that. Yeah. It was fun. I didn't know they were offering us scissors and I'm like, Oh, I think it's just anyway, <laughs> so yeah. it worked out just fine. So thanks. Very good. Yeah. Um, I did have one, my neighbor that has the grapevines, I asked her if I could take some cuttings. Oh. And I will also say that didn't work out so well. So <laughs> I was um I was looking at because I know that they perpetuate or you can like propagate them really easily. 
So last night I was looking up some information because I'm like, I want to learn how to propagate grapes. I want to learn the right way to do it. Can so. you like slow that down and explain what that means to people that may not know yeah. what that means? So propagate just means to make a new plant from an okay. existing plant. Cool. So we do this with, so if you're like we talked about last time with potatoes, you're going to propagate a potato with a seed potato, right? Or, your, or a piece of garlic creates a new plant. Um, grapevines propagate, I mean, so what I was reading is that you can propagate them with seeds, but they don't grow the same. Oh. They don't grow, the seeds don't produce the exact same copy as the parent plant. Interesting. It's create a different type of plant, which is fun if that's what you're going for. But usually grapes are, are propagated with cuttings from the vines. Okay. So... So that's interesting to know. So they use them in a, like they clone the plant. Basically, you're going to take a, a piece of the plant and it's going to grow new roots, new leaves and create an entirely new carbon copy plant. That is so cool. What a cool detail that like, but that's how you grow grapes. But look, when you grow it from a seed, it grows a different plant. That is so fascinating. Mm -hmm. So fascinating. Yeah. And there's a lot of plants that are that way. Most plants that grow from seed. Um, anyway, we'll go get into that in a seed saving thing. But anyway, so to perpetuate, to propagate a, a, a grape plant, you're going to take a cutting from the vine. Okay. So what I, I think my mistake that I did with my, with my neighbors is that I took the cuttings when the plant was still growing. Um. So Apparently, from what I was reading last night, because I really wanted to learn this, um, the best way to propagate a grape plant is to do it when the plant is in its dormant state. So after oh, it's died really? back. So that's what they call a hardwood cutting. Okay. They said you can also do what's called a softwood cutting when the when it's growing in its growing state. But I did it in the fall. And I think the plant is just like going back into dormancy at that point. So the apparently the best way to take a softwood cutting in the growth state is in the spring. Interesting. Spring to early summer. Okay. Fall is not the right time to do grape propagation. So That's I think so that weird. was my mistake. Okay. Because my brain would also say in the fall to like to do that. But that's just what my brain says. That doesn't mean that's the right thing. That's so interesting. Yeah. So what they say to do is... If um, once the, the plant has um, gone back into dormancy, which means all the leaves have fallen off and okay. you just have twigs yep. everywhere, that's the time to prune. And apparently when you're pruning, um, cutting back all those plants and everything, that's all of those prunings can create new plants. So they basically say all of those canes that you cut off. Yeah or take off the plant, or if you're like trimming back certain parts. Um, and I don't know about pruning grapes. I, you'll have to look that up on your own, but all of those cuttings can, can be hardwood cuttings. And basically the guy was showing, like, you just keep them. You just like bundle them all up and you just keep them like this. And he like sticks the bottoms down in some dirt, like potting soil, just all winter long. Wow. And then in the spring, they're going, you can plant them in the ground 
and then they'll create roots. And then as long as they have what's called a node, which is just like, like the little like leafing where the leaves come out, mm -hmm. as long as you have a couple nodes on there, then it's going to leaf out and create wow. anyway. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, there were some tricks and some, some nuances on propagating grapes, but apparently if you grow grapes, you can create a lot of new plants pretty quickly with your cuttings. So see, go and the whole time you were talking about that, I'm like, geez, like as you started off this whole conversation, like the abundance thing, right? right. It's like, holy crap, like from start to finish, like talk about abundance. I mean, just look at a, like a bunch of grapes. There's like a thousand, not really. There's like 20 or 30 little, yeah. you know, grapes on the thing. And that's, mm -hmm. that's really cool that, that it can reproduce so abundantly, even in that right. manner. So that's really neat. Right. And really you can create a lot to share with people. Yeah, that, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nature is very abundant and that's why I think it's really cool. There's nothing that speaks abundance like fruit, like I said earlier, right? <laughs> I agree. So beautiful. So cool. Um, cool. Anything else that you want to that's share? really all my experience has been. So that's all I have to share really. But I think <laughs> grapes are awesome. I'm planning to plant some this year and we'll see how that goes. And love it. We'd love to hear your experience too. If you're growing yeah. grapes, if you've grown them in the past, if you have any experiences to share with us, we'd love to hear about those. Um, join us in our Facebook group. We love to we love to have chats in there about various topics. So share what you're learning and what's going on for you. Absolutely. Um, Want to share one tiny little thing before we end, really quick. Sure. Um, one th cool thing that I learned as I was turning my grapes into raisins is um, I, I think there's multiple ways that you can make raisins, right? Like you can put your grapes on a cookie sheet and put them in the sun and let them just like naturally dehydrate. But it's basically dehydration process. I think in the field, like, like I mentioned in that meditation, like I think often they just, they cut the grape bunches off and then put them on a cardboard thing, just right next to where they've harvested them just on the ground so that they can kind of dehydrate. Um, but when I got my grapes and I was like, I want to make some raisins out of these friends. I also freeze dried some and that it was an okay process. I would, don't really recommend it because apparently the freeze drying process, you have to cut every single grape in half, not recommended when you have hundreds and hundreds of grapes. So, but you're welcome to, they were fine and they're, they're fun little freeze dried tasty treats, but, um, um, a dehydrator is really cool. So one cool thing that I learned as I was making grapes that I did not know, this is really, sorry, when I was making raisins, yeah, I keep <laughs> saying those two words backwards um when I was making my raisins is the one most important thing to do this to make the raisins is you have to like basically you have to flash boil your grapes in some really hot water some boiling water um they call it it's a press process called checking is what they call it and so you just get a pot of boiling water you have to de-stem your grapes from the thing wash them make sure that they don't have any weird things on them um and then you just pop them in the hot boiling water for a minute or two. And the cool thing is like they drop to the bottom of the pot when you first put them in. And then when they're done, they actually float to the top, which was really cool. So then you just pull them off with a, um, a spoon 
And then I just pop them onto my dehydrating trays. But I did a quick little experiment because I was like, it can't be that big of a difference. So, cause I was like, I'm not doing that. That's so weird. So we did a whole tray where we didn't check the grapes or boil them in this way. Um, and then we did two trays where we did actually boil them and trust me, boil your grapes before you turn them into raisins. Like it took my dehydrator like seven days to totally dehydrate the non-boiled grapes, but it was only like a, a day and a half or two day process for the, the boiled grapes. So just a little process, but um, that's a really natural way to turn to long-term harvest your, your grape storage or your grape harvest. That's what I meant to say. Awesome. So yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you for sharing that. And um, yeah. Yeah. So turning your grapes into raisins, juice or jelly would be really yeah. good sources yeah. of it. I know a lot of people turn it into wine or other things like that, but we don't really do that because right. of our religious beliefs. But, um, but yeah, those are things you can do with grapes. There's seedless and non-seedless. We didn't really talk about that, but keep that in mind. So, yep. Yep. Yeah, very good. So fun. Let us know what your experience is with grapes or if you guys want to try it or if you have no, I don't know, whatever you guys know, share with us your, your knowledge and details. We'd love to hear from you guys too. Okay. See you next time. All right. See you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Carrot Gal Sister Chats podcast. We invite you to join us in our private Facebook group to continue the conversation. You can find the group by clicking on the link in the show notes or by visiting carrotgal.com slash chats. We love to answer questions and see pictures of your gardens and other self-sufficiency projects that you're working on. Come join us in the group. Thanks for listening.